With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. Quiet, ladies and gentlemen. You ready for the big solo? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Lars. This is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Lars. now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette. And my cat, Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a Monday, and the Pope and the Catholic Church have now endorsed same-sex couples, except there are more than a few little caveats that go with that. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, on a Monday, glad to get your phone calls at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. If you happen to be a naysayer, and with topics like the ones we have on tap today, I have a feeling I'm going to get more than my share of naysayers today. If you're a naysayer, we're going to put you right to the head of the line. If you want to send an email instead, it's talk at LarsLarson.com. You can always vote in our Twitter poll. We put up a brand new question of the day every day from the news of the day, and you can find it a couple of places on X or Twitter if you'd like that better, uh, at Lars Larson Show. You can also find it on our website at LarsLarson.com. Glad to be with you. I got to tell you, though, uh, I guess I try to be as transparent with you as I can. I do believe in the book. I believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not crazy about the Catholic Church. I happen to be a Protestant. Uh, I, I guess whatever you want to believe, except uh, for the idolatry part. But But that's a subject for another day. But this is what greeted me as I woke up early this morning. Pope Francis has issued guidance on Monday. So remember, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not Catholic. It allows priests to bless same-sex couples, as the Vatican says, in an effort to broaden the classical understanding of pastoral blessings. Well, I'm a Protestant, as I said, but the Catholic Church is one of the single most powerful institutions on earth, built on the doctrines of men and lately not so much on the book. So if you're wondering... Number one, Lars, why does this matter to you? Because the Catholic Church is a big, powerful institution. And number two, what business is it of yours to comment? Well, I happen to be an American citizen, which means I have the right to form my own opinion and even give voice to it. So that's my answer in advance to any naysayer who says, why does this bother you so much? Because I know the Catholic Church holds sway over a tremendous number of people, not just in the United States, but on planet Earth. And lately, 
Again, it's my impression the Catholic Church has been acting like a political organization more and more in recent years, and with the kind of horsepower that the Catholic Church can command. Vast sums of wealth that they don't spend on the poor, uh, vast luxury uh, for those folks at the top, like the Pope, and of course they're insulated because, oh, heaven forfend, you should ever say anything critical about the Church. Well, guess what? But an American First Amendment, I feel I can talk about whatever I want as long as I keep my comments sensible. So, get this, and I want you to take this suggestion for what it's worth. The church, the Catholic church, that says that homosexuality itself is sinful. The behavior is sinful, but it will now give its blessing to two gays who live together. But the church says the blessing won't be given unless the gays agree not to take the blessing as an endorsement of anything that resembles same-sex marriage. So, again, they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. They want to say, no, marriage is only between a man and a woman, which I think is the probably the point of view of the vast majority of people, not just in the United States, but on planet Earth. But they want to say, no, marriage is only a man and a woman. But... For you gays, as long as you're willing to uh, take this as not an endorsement of gay marriage, but only an endorsement of you living together and having sex outside of the bounds of marriage, that's okay. So the church is now becoming even more schizophrenic than usual. And ordinarily, I don't give that much mind to people who are schizophrenic or even institutions that behave in a schizophrenic manner. But when you behave that way and you are immensely powerful on planet Earth, I think it's a concern for all of us. And here's what they say. They say gay individuals will say we can be blessed by the Catholic Church, but it can't look anything like marriage. And th that just doesn't make any sense. And here's what occurred to me almost immediately. I want you to imagine this. Imagine that here in the United States, let's keep it in our culture because it's easier to talk about. Imagine that a young man and a young woman, both of them Catholics, They've decided that one of these days they're likely to get married, but not right now, but they want to live together. So they go to their Catholic priest and they say, Father, would you be willing to bless us living together? And of course, I, I would expect that the priest would say, well, since I understand the definition, the working definition of living together is not a platonic or celibate relationship, of course I'm not going to endorse that. I'm not going to give you my blessing for that because the church's position is that sex outside of marriage is wrong. But apparently now, as I said, they're acting in a schizophrenic way. The Catholic Church has decided that for heterosexuals, it is sinful for them to have sex and live together outside of marriage. But for gays, it is okay. It will even get the blessing of the Catholic Church. Now, again, if I get naysayers today and one of them offers to explain that seeming contradiction, I would be glad to hear the explanation. Here's what National Review says. The Holy See's new guidance, they say, does not undercut the traditional doctrine of the church about marriage. Really? So two gay guys can live together and have sex. They're not married. If, they, if they're having sex, it's sinful in the eyes of the church, but the church will give them its blessing. And they say the author of this new policy pushed out by the Pope today is Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez. He says it merely expands church teaching on who can receive blessings to be more welcoming. Now, can I give you a suggestion? I think the book is the word. 
And I think that religion's a man and doctrine's a man, just to get into that area for a moment, that's where you run into trouble. When you say, we've got this book and it has a set of rules for life, it suggests to us that all of us are fallen, all of us are sinful, and that we need to come uh, to terms with that. We need to say, I've repented of my sins. Now, what's crazy is when the church then says, uh, the, the Catholic Church says we're a Christian, you know, Christian religion. But then they say, but we're going to bust the rules of the book because we've written our own rule book. That is the kind of thing that we have been warned about literally for about 2,000 years saying doctrines of man and religion are the problem. The book isn't the problem. The word isn't the problem. The, the, the religions are a problem. The Vatican's letter is one sent, believe it or not, they say it's to clarify one that was sent out by the Pope in October. So he sends out, this is, he's almost like Joe Biden. You send out one message, and then a few weeks or a couple of months, you say, well, I better clarify that because I'm sure that people probably uh, will think of it that way. Until Monday, the church barred blessings on same-sex couples, as they say, God cannot bless sin. That's one place where I'd actually agree with them. So now the Catholic Church has said, we want to be more welcoming. Do you know what usually happens then? That happens because religions of men are based on the three things that motivate most human activities, money, sex, and power. So now we've got a two, two out of three ain't bad. Money and sex involved in this. The church says, why, sure, we can put a blessing on that kind of sin, as long as it means that we can reverse the decline in the number of Catholics on planet Earth. Figure that one out. I'll be glad to take the naysayer calls. Glad to get your calls, too, at 866-439-5277. Send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. Is staring with me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. American Humane. On demand, wherever and whenever you want it. Get the podcasts all day, every day at LarsLarson.com. That makes a lot of sense, a lot of nonsense. Right, your body well right, you know you got a right to say. 
This is the Northwest Nonsense. How much longer do we have to sit for this nonsense? That great moment every day where Lars brings you the cold, hard facts without any liberal wokeness from the Daily Dead, Fish Rapper, or mainstream media bias. I hear plenty of foolish celebration of the news that Oregon and Washington's latest attempt to bridge the Columbia River for Interstate 5 just got a $600 million gift from the already flat-busted, broke Biden administration. What a fraud on the taxpayers, just like the Columbia River crossing that failed after wasting $200 million. The proposed new bridge, with a price tag north of $7 billion, is no bigger than the current bridge, despite big-time growth in traffic. Second, the bridge, as proposed, is 60 feet short of what the U.S. Coast Guard requires for river traffic, and the Coasties have veto power over the project. So far, they've said no, and there's no sign they're going to change their minds on that one, and nor should they. Second, also, add to that the plan to spend almost $2 billion on the light rail portion of the bridge that's already been rejected by the public, and the plan to raise one-third of that price tag from tolls designed to punish commuters and drive the poor and the middle class off the freeways altogether, and already ODOT has agreed to delay some of those tolls. They realize they've got a non-starter, and if that one gets put to a vote, my prediction is it'll be voted down. ODAT has promised funding of this project, and yet this $3 billion a year agency claims that it's currently so broke, it lacks just a few million dollars to plow snow this winter, and the governor had to make that up as an emergency measure. And bridge ad advocate John Lee, who's going to join me in a few minutes to talk about the details of this, points out that traffic congestion on I-5 is forecast to double in less than 20 years, and 50% of that traffic will be doing zero to 20 miles an hour and that's with the new bridge we should just call this thing boondoggle bridge 2.0 our friend the journalist jonathan cho up at the discovery center in seattle points out lost cause neighbors in seattle's little saigon say open-air drug use at the corner of 12th and jackson street is worse than ever and why is that significant they're also complaining to city leaders about the 12th Avenue and South Weller Street. That's the home to the brand new Low Barrier Navigation Center, meaning people who are drug addicts are going there. This homeless shelter continues to distribute free drug supplies like foil and needles that are scattered all over this neighborhood, writes Jonathan Cho. King County's harm reduction mobile vans are often frequently seen in the Chinatown location. Council member Tammy Morales must feel emboldened to ignore this disaster. Despite this humanitarian crisis, the voters put her back in office. You get what you voted for. And now, today's Daily Grill. Insane. Are you completely insane? Ridiculous. They get more and more ridiculous. Flat out dumb. You're even dumber than I thought. Who deserves today's Lars Grill of the Day? Maybe they're just really, really stupid. Find out right now. I'm going to give today's Daily Grill to the state of Oregon for denying adoption or foster parent status to people who refuse to endorse LGBTQ plus beliefs. Now, that's actually the substance of our Twitter poll. Should Christians who don't endorse LGBTQ plus be forbidden to be foster parents? Jessica Bates, a Christian mom of five, seeking to adopt two kids from foster care in Oregon. Her application was denied when she refused to affirm LGBTQ plus kids. A mom for from Eastern Oregon, who's been told, because of your personal beliefs, 
religious beliefs, you're not going to be allowed to be an adoptive mom to foster kids. This is crazy. She's currently in court suing the state of Oregon over its requirement that foster parents must accept and support LGBTQ plus children in their care. Bates is a Christian. She says doing so would violate her First Amendment free speech and freedom of religion. So should Christians who won't endorse LGBTQ plus be forbidden by the state? To be foster parents, I believe she's right. That crosses the First Amendment line. Today's Twitter poll can be found on X, uh, at Lars Larson Show, and on our website at LarsLarson.com, brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at UltimateTruckService.com. Now, on Friday, I'd ask you this, because the crazy new bill that's been introduced in Washington State that would actually make it a criminal offense to use a gasoline-powered leaf blower or other powered yard equipment. Uh, I said, should the government threaten people who use gasoline leaf blowers with jail time? I said no, and so did 95% of you. Only 5% of you said yes. Glad to get your calls. Let me go first to Leo in Seattle, listening on the Radio Northwest Network and KVI. Hey, Leo, do we disagree about this issue of the Pope coming out with this new uh, new guidance on giving blessings to gay unions? I don't know if we disagree because I'm not sure what your position is, but... My position is that the Catholic Church is inconsistent and that it makes no sense and that they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. I thought I had said that. They say that homosexuality is a sin, but we're going to bless a homosexual couple as long as they don't pretend to be married because that would cross the line, but they will give a blessing to two people living in sin, which doesn't make any sense to me. That's my position. Is that clear? Okay. ABC and AP had headlines and articles that were com almost completely opposite of what the Vatican did. What they, yeah, I know. They change the, don't trust they the AP for anything. anything. They tilt to the left way too far. Of course, but the, the 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 Pope didn't change anything. If you go to communion, the Church doesn't say that they they don't qualify anyone that comes up for communion. They assume you are in a state where you can receive communion. Okay? Yeah, because you it's on the honor system. If you show up and you ask for communion, they've said don't come and ask right. for it if you're not qualified to get that. That what does that have to do with right. this? Well, they, I'm saying because if a gay person comes up and they're living with someone else and they're in their minds married, whatever, <laughs> the, the, the Eucharistic minister or the priest can give them a blessing. That's not a blessing. They're not, they're not blessing any union. They don't know what you're doing in your own time. Actually, they're that's not you. the case. They, they said they will give no. the blessing to two people living together. Now, as I said, if two, if a young man and a young woman went to their priest and said, look, we're going to live together for a while. We might get married. We might not. We'd like your blessing on us living together. The church would say no. no. And now, why would they the then get? Why would they then bless two gay guys living together? Uh, because it, it's the same thing. They're they're going. To, they're blessing what the church has up till now called a sinful activity. No, the church is not blessing that. They are blessing each person individually nope, to become closer not. to Christ. No, nope, they're not. No, they're, they, blessing, they, they're blessing. Any person can come up to a priest and say, Father, I, I want to I understand the difference between blessing an individual and saying we're all fallen, we've all made, we, we're all going to make mistakes. Right. But in this case, they want to recognize gay couples that live together, and that's specifically what the guidance was about. No, they're I, not. I think you're misunderstanding because you're being fed the mainstream legacy media that wants to put a shiny face on this. 
No, no, believe me. No, 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 no. I read the paragraphs. I read the statement. The church, it says in there, no, nothing outside of marriage, outside of the Catholic definition of marriage, gets a blessing. Nothing. Well, it's I'm going to tell you that you're reading the mainstream media, and they said the church, quote, recognizes the deep desire in many Catholic same-sex couples for God's presence and help in their committed relationships. They're blessing the relationship. And I, I think all that the mainstream media in America is doing is trying to make it sound good because it doesn't, and it's not consistent with, with, with what they've said. You've got the Lars Larson Show. The Lars Larson Show. Snowflakes. Yes, you are probably going to be offended. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm always glad to get to your phone calls and emails at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. In a couple of weeks, we mark the 24th year of, of uh, serving the Pacific Northwest on the Radio Northwest Network. I want to get John Lee on, who follows transit and transportation issues very closely, a lot more closely than I do. And I wanted to tell you my thoughts on this crazy interstate bridge development because it's being sold to the public by the legacy mainstream medias. Isn't this great? Congress that is already functionally bankrupt is giving $600 million to a project that seems to me to have almost zero chance of ever beginning construction. But John, welcome back to the program. How are you? Hey, Lars, doing great. You know, you nailed it. The progressive legislators talked about popping corks on Friday and it wasn't over your anniversary of being on the air. <laughs> no, it was, it was 600, the, uh... 600 million bucks that's going to flow into a project that, now when I say there's almost no chance of this thing being built, I mean, I thought the biggest linchpin was the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard says that thing is, as you pointed, out, 60 feet too short. It's a non-starter, and they have to approve it for the thing to go forward, right? Exactly right. And we learned in the failed Columbia River crossing debacle the uh, program managers wanted to buy off the opposition. There were three upriver firms that they agreed to pay 86.4 million taxpayer dollars in order to gain their approval. The Coast Guard said, no way, we're not going to approve that. And then the politicians went to work. They ultimately fired two different Coast Guard commanders. And finally, Washington, D.C. politicians stepped in and took control of the project and gave approval to a bridge too low that hampered marine traffic on the river. What a nightmare and a political boondoggle. And, and I guess what my frustration, most of my frustration at this point is for the mainstream media that, that just touts these big successes. Hey, they got 600 million without talking about the details of saying, can they actually build the thing? All they say is, yep, they're planning to start construction in 2026, just two years from now. And yet there seems to be almost no chance of that, unless, of course, the Coast Guard says, yeah, well, we said it needed to be 60 feet taller, but it's okay. Build it the size that you've decided to build it, and we'll just damage all the people who want to travel up and down that river, and mostly business. Exactly right. And the, the whole, we don't even have a final design yet which is insane when they're talking $7.5 billion, number one. Number two, 
is the reality that a third of the project, two billion bucks is for light rail that nobody's gonna ride. So many facets of the project are ridiculous. Um, they're talking about 4% or higher grades on the bridge in order to meet the demand for the light rail to be on the ground on Hayden Island and then scream back to the ground in Vancouver. They're talking about a light rail station at the waterfront in Vancouver that's going to be 80 to 90 feet in the air. Nobody in their right mind is going to use a light rail station where they've got to climb a corkscrew to get to when 2,500 feet to the north is another light rail station at ground level. There are just so many facets of this that are so wrong. 80 to 90 feet? You mean the light rail station is going to be at the height of a, a nine-story building? Yep, exactly right. And they've designed a kind of a paperclip-looking corkscrew to get people up and down that uh, transit station at the waterfront that Vancouver demands be part of the project, which is nuts. I mean... The IVR team loves to talk about their reaching out and they're listening to equity and handicapped people and people with disabilities and seniors and all of that stuff. Nobody in their right mind is going to climb or descend 80 to 90 feet in order to get to the ground on this thing. No. And, of course, the IVR was asked, how much is that going to cost? And they hide it and they say they really don't know. Well, and John, when I hear that, I assume because it's being built as a federal project, it'll have to accommodate the disabled, ADA, right? So they'll have to have some yep. elevators to handle anybody who's not physically capable or is in a wheelchair or otherwise not able to climb 10 stories to get to the light rail stop or to get off at the light rail station. But I assume they're not putting enough elevators there to carry uh, dozens or hundreds or thousands of people to this station. Yeah, and, and in fact, earlier this summer, they were specifically asked about, are you going to include elevators? And the IBR staffer said, well, I don't know. We haven't gotten that far. And, of course, you and I know if you go into Seattle on sound transit up there, nobody in their right mind uses the elevators in their downtown sound transit light rail stations. Why is that? It's because the homeless have used it to do drugs they pee in it, and if you get in it, and I've done it multiple times, it stinks to high heaven, so nobody uses those elevators. What a huge waste of money, and the IBR ignores that reality here for what they're talking about in the Portland metro area. Well, and by the way, I don't know about sound transit in Seattle, uh, because I don't follow to that level of detail, but in the TriMet system, they have an a bunch of elevators at various stations that go maybe a, a one full, one or two floors at most, you know, especially along Interstate 84. But I'm constantly getting emails because I'm on their alert system saying this one's out of service, that one's out of service, we hope to get this one fixed in a week, that kind of thing. But the failure of elevators would be absolute would would be a failure of the whole system of, of at least that that part of the system if they're going to put one of the stations on you know eighty or ninety feet off the ground. Yeah, it, it's just one more facet of the insanity of this. A, a different angle in the macro sense on this whole deal is the fact that Oregon and Washington are building a bridge over the Columbia River in a. 
less than a John, I think your phone's having a hiccup right now. You said they're building a bridge over the Columbia River. You've actually made the proposal that they go with an underwater a, a bridge, a tunnel instead. And I've always felt, at least what the engineers have always told me, is that that's too expensive. Is there a plan that could that could deliver uh, an underground option uh, that would beat the heck out of an overwater bridge? Absolutely. In fact, the design, a model was revealed a couple of weeks ago in Vancouver. A couple of engineers got together and they showed that it would give the Coast Guard what they want, which is unlimited clearance for maritime traffic, number one, which is hugely important. Number two, it could be built in less time than the IBR is saying they need for building this uh, light rail boondoggle of a bridge too low. Number two, a different aspect of this is another retired engineer has revealed that the IBR is totally wrong in their calculation that they can build the bridge in the next six to eight years. They said at a recent CTRAN community outreach meeting that they expect this thing to take 15 years, perhaps two decades to be built. So another facet of the IBR misleading the public on this project. Now hold on, this is this is the sound. The, the folks from the IBR project are saying it may take till 2040 to get this thing built, or 2045. Yes, there was a CTRAN, which is the Clark County Transit System, uh, open house, and the IBR team was presenting, and they were talking about the community benefits, quote unquote all the business and the contracts that they're going to spread money around on. And they said they expect contracts to be out for the next two decades on this program. Wow. That is John Lee. We've been talking about the $600 million committed to a project that at this point seems to have almost no chance of even being built. But that's not what they're telling the general public. Back in a moment. It's a Monday. It's the Radio Northwest. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. The voice of the people. This is the Lars Larson Show. Man, 
garden hired, then he fired a young Senate aide. In the hearing room, he took his buddy. Film them in action, quite a reaction when it showed up on X and on every news outlet you'll see Saturdays Saturdays having gay sex in the Senate to town they go on video they both are on full display. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. That's our great parody guy, Jim Gossett. And what he's talking about is an incident that first broke over the last couple of days. Friday night is when it actually came down. A video of a Senate aide working for U.S. Senator Ben Cardin of the state of Maryland. And what he was doing was he and a buddy, as Jim Gossett said, showed up in a Senate hearing room, the one used by the Judiciary Committee. Uh, they then apparently stripped to the buff and began to do what they do. Uh, and they shot it on video. And then it was posted in a number of places, including one website that is aimed at uh, Senate staffers who are gay. So if this sounds like a collision between the Pope topic and this one, it just happened because that story broke on Friday night. But it suggests something really disturbing and sick about our society right now. And I'd say the same thing if it had been two heterosexuals who decided they needed to... Uh, uh, well, let's just use the euphemism for it. Uh, say, if they needed to do that in a Senate hearing room, is that showing the kind of respect that you would expect for somebody who works in the institution of the U.S. Senate, works directly as an aide to a United States senator? And do I even need to mention that senator is a Democrat? And his aide is a young man who has apparently been uh, recently uh, calling uh, slogans like from the river to the sea, uh, Palestine will be free to Jewish members of the House of Representatives. Uh, he has now been fired from his job. But it makes you wonder, is there any respect left, especially on the Democrat side of the aisle, for the institutions of government? And I'll remind you of a couple of things. Number one, uh, this past spring, you saw the Easter egg, uh, you know, the Easter uh, celebration at the White House, uh, including bared breasts on the White House lawn and a lot of other crazy behavior by people invited by Joe Biden to the White House. And that was bad enough. And then Jill Biden, the white, the uh, the uh, first lady, decides to release a video uh, of the new White House Christmas decorations with a bunch of dancers from a Marxist organization, the Dorrance Dancers. And there doesn't seem to be much respect there. And then to have this video pop up. And I know that there are going to be people saying, well, you just focus on these crazy things. When was the last time that you saw a story about members of a political organization working for a U.S. senator engaged in that kind of behavior inside a place like a Senate hearing room? And what does it suggest about whether or not those people who are working for the Democrats are respectful of America's institutions? Uh, all of that and then this. So that's the Jim Gossett song. Uh, I wanted to mention, well, I'll tell you what, let me take this call from Sam first. Uh, Sam, you called in about my comments about the Pope's decision to bless gay couples but not gay marriage. What's on your mind? So the problem with that is this. The church 
has decided to change what God said, it's an abomination to him. It's not yep. a sin, it's an abomination. The problem with abomination is that when you make a sin, you make a mistake. It's off the target. But when you, it's an abomination, it's very clear when God says it's an abomination, that's it. So the church has decided to change that concept and take it out of God's will. This is a big yep. problem. Let me put it to you this way. When I was younger, I was an atheist, right? So for a while then, my Bible was basically a brief history of time by Stephen Hawkins. You, everybody knows it. Well, after a while, when I came to Portland, back from New Jersey, I decided to give God, in my arrogance, another chance. <laughs> Luckily for me, God gave me a chance. And he made me see with my own eyes what's going on here. Now, I'm one of those people that test things out. So the first question I said, let me look at this more seriously. Okay, I got to give a fair chance to everybody. So I thought about, you know, sleeping with a man in my head. I tried to imagine that. The minute that happened to me, my stomach turned upside down and I felt sick. So I said to myself, okay, if that's the case, that means that it is my nature not to delight this. Now, I, I can't change people. I, I can't say, okay, well, you know, if you like man, that's it. You know, you can't do that because I say so. God allowed everybody to have a choice. Even his angels, one-third of his angels, chose not to be with him. So that's God right. doesn't have a problem with that. You want to yep. be that way? Fine. But you're going to end up in a lake of fire. That's the key. That's the problem I hear. But people and, and don't Sam, understand. Sam, so in the last ten seconds we've got, why is the Catholic Church doing this? I believe it's because they've been losing a tremendous amount of membership in the United States and in Europe, and they're worried about the financial consequences of that. So I think that the exactly. church is being driven by the basest financial motives. Would you agree? Exactly. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that's what they're trying to do. Make the church bigger. Make it richer. And if they have to embrace that, well, so be it. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David... For more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the big show? Exactly 
going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat, Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show on a Monday. It's a pleasure to be with you on the Radio Northwest Network, and I'll be glad to get your phone calls and emails in just a moment at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And if you would, vote in our Twitter poll or X poll, if you want to call it that. The question today, should Christians who don't endorse LGBTQ be forbidden to be foster parents? State of Oregon is doing that right now. They have told a young lady she and her husband may not adopt two children unless they will endorse beliefs that they do not endorse because of their First Amendment right, because of their religious beliefs. So should Christians who don't endorse LGBTQ be forbidden to be foster parents? I would say no to that. You can vote any way you like. It's brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Now, Lynn, Senator Linda Wilson joins me now. Senator Wilson, good to have you back. Oh, thank you so much. And Merry Christmas in advance. Let me ask you about this. I guess you said the good news is that Jay Inslee isn't proposing any new taxes. The bad news being what? That he's still increasing state spending dramatically? Yes. We have about almost $2 billion in, in, in more spending this year. And about $1.1 billion of that is going to new programs. So um, there's a whole lot of money going in right now. It's, it's this budget is more of the same. It's um, money going in to fix basically the mismanagement of misguided policies that he's been doing for years, and the taxpayers are putting the bill. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of, or, you know, and that's about how much the revenue, we said the revenue was going to be when, when we had the uh, forecast a few weeks ago. And so here we are spending pretty much everything that's coming in. How much of that $2 billion of additional money that's coming in, the, uh, from which they're spending $1.1 billion on new programs, how much of that is coming from this crazy carbon tax that Jay Inslee championed? Well, that particular amount of money is not coming from the Carbon Commitment Act. because So, so the Carbon it, Commitment Act is on top of that? Yes. Yes. Wow. So... Yes, a good portion, and a very little, about $332 million of the Carbon Commitment Act is actually going to the operating budget. Um, but he spends almost that much in, about that much in the Carbon Commitment Act through the capital budget. So that's an entirely different budget. So, yes, there's a whole lot of money going out. And we know that that capital, or the, the Climate Commitment Act, has brought in about $4 billion over the course of this triennia that's coming directly out of the economy. And so... But the capital gains has brought in a whole lot more money. Um, we thought we'd bring in about $250 million and now it's about $900 million. So it is pretty much these two that are bringing in the revenue that we can use. It's just kind of being moved around. Okay, so, so tell me this. Here's the thing I warn people about because I try to look at it at a human level. If your family is doing really well one year, mom and dad are both making a lot of extra money over time or whatever it is, and you say, let's buy a new car. You buy a new car based on this year being really flush. And if one of the kids says, but dad, what happens if next year you're not making all that extra money and you now have another car payment? That's an obligation. That's mm -hmm. like a new program where the state sets up a new program and they mm -hmm. say, we've got all this money. We're going to start all this new spending. What happens if the money doesn't stay high, doesn't continue to go up? What happens to the state of Washington then, Senator? 
Well, then that gives them the opportunity to raise new taxes, create new programs to raise new taxes, which comes out of our pocket. So that's exactly what's going on. And when you're continuing to raise taxes and create programs that are that cause our billionaires to move out of state, which they contribute a lot of money toward our revenue, um, then you're going to then that money won't be available, and we will again that will give them another reason to increase taxes. Well, so. and let me ask you this, Senator: there are six proposed ballot measures for next year. Four appear to have already they, they haven't officially made the ballot, but they've uh, but they've got enough signatures that it appears they'll be on the ballot. Aren't aren't mm-hmm. isn't at least one of those uh, to rescind the capital gains tax? Yes, it is. Rescind and what happens? And what also, happens when that money disappears in the middle of a budget where you've already planned to spend it? Well, that's exactly right. There's always an issue, particularly with capital gains. It's one of the most volatile taxes there are out there. So you don't want to tie the programs to these to this particular tax because most times when you need the money the most is when people aren't selling their stocks, right? It's like when the economy's down, they're hanging on to their cash, they're hanging on to their stocks because the stocks have gone down. So you, that is the most often when you need it the most is when it's not there. So clearly, and we also know that that particular um, tax is going to go hopefully to the Supreme Court. So that determining what may happen to this. So, you know, that's the other thing to think about. Um, well, you may have to pay that money back if it was if it's de- deemed in con- unconstitutional. And by the way, just just so people catch the sense of what this is in context, two billion in new spending. And I know you were encouraged by one little piece of it, and that was the money for law enforcement personnel, recruitment and retention. Mm-hmm. Out of two thousand mm-hmm. million, right. how many millions are going to law enforcement? Ten. Ten. So this it's is the guy who gets a, the two thousand dollar bonus, and he tells his family, "I'm mm-hmm. going to spend ten bucks on something we really, really need." Right. Yes, it's it's extremely underfunded. That that particular portion in the in the budget, I will actually push to put a lot more money toward it. I actually tried to calculate it out, and it doesn't calculate out to much when you compare it to how many law enforcement we have, because we are Washington State; it has the lowest per capita in law enforcement, so we don't have as many that, as we need anyway to address the rest of our problems. And this isn't brand new for Jay Inslee, because if we looked at what he's proposing to spend this year or this biennium mm-hmm. and compare it to when he came in, how much has that right. budget increased? More than double. So it's right now, if, if this budget went through the way it is set up today, it'd be about $71 million, billion, 760000 or million, sorry. <laughs> Too many, not too many zeros. Uh, and then, but when he came in, it was at like thirty-one billion. So, so it's gone from thirty-one to seventy-one. It's it's well more yeah. than doubled. Is there any chance yeah. of stopping this crazy spending? If we get a different governor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish. From your I mean, I mean, I'm at the table. I get to be at the table when they have. When we go through the discussions, at least through the first round uh, that happened last year, and. We do, as Republicans, we get to weigh in on some of these programs, and we actually calculate how much it is for the cost of whatever it is, and you multiply it out. It, I mean, to bring perspective to it, when you get to the granular level, we get we actually have the opportunity to do that. Um, and they they have listened in the past, so I'm hoping. But still, when you're talking about this amount of money, uh, spending two billion dollars, that's a lot. 
that's a lot. And when there's no tax relief going back to the people, that's another issue. Um, there's, there was only one small $150 million for energy vouchers. Um, but that was that actually for him to say that he's giving back money for energy vouchers is telling us that he acknowledges that his program, his Climate Commitment Act, is actually affecting energy prices. It is. Linda, thank you very much. That's Senator Linda Wilson from the 17th District, Clark County. Back in a moment, I want to talk about the DACA nonsense and illegal aliens with guns and badges. We've all heard I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. You can't fix stupid. Stupid is forever. But you surely can vote them out. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. In a moment, after I talk to a naysayer, I want to tell you about the latest craziness in Los Angeles where DACA, that's Deferred Action Against Childhood Arrivals, the so-called dreamers, meaning they are illegal aliens who came into America illegally. They are in America illegally. Uh, President Obama tried illegally to legalize their status, and their status is not legal. But... Uh, the Los Angeles Police Department has now decided to equip them with badges and guns, believe it or not. Uh, while Joe Biden is trying to take away guns from law-abiding American citizens, Los Angeles wants to put guns in the hands of people who are illegally in America. If that makes sense to you, I'd be glad to take the call. But first, I want to go to Tom, because Tom heard me talking about this announcement by the, the Pope, the, Catholic, the head of the Catholic Church. Uh, who claims to be God's representative on earth, uh, who has now decided that he's going to give a blessing to same-sex couples. And I think this is a blatant attempt by the church to stop its decline in membership in places like Western Europe and the United States. But, Tom, if you're a naysayer, that means we must disagree about something. So welcome to the program, and what's on your mind? Well, Lars, thank you for having me on. Um, I guess I'd just start off by saying Christ came to embrace and love the sinner. And I, I feel like that's our mission as Christians, is to embrace our hurt, wounded, and sick brothers and sisters, showing them love and mercy, not loving the sin, but embracing the person. And that's where I feel like, um, as a Catholic, that that's what we're called to do, to embrace the sinner 
knowing they're sinners, but we're all sinners, and and we love them anyway. And by the way, Tom, even as a Protestant, I agree with your assessment, but here's where I think you're giving the Catholic Church a pass. Because the Catholic Church, in its announcement today, didn't say, we know we're all sinners, we're going to bless you as a sinner. They're blessing the sin. Because what the church announced was not that it was going to embrace and bless individuals. It was going to bless the couples. In other words, the big difference that they've done is up till now, up until today, the Catholic Church said it would not endorse same-sex unions. Not even marriage, but same-sex unions. Now they say we will endorse same-sex couples in their relationship. So in other words... They're, they're blessing the sin. And it, it, let me ask you this. If you went to your, you're a Catholic, and I'm not, but if you went to your priest, and uh, I, I, I'm guessing you might be a married guy. Are you a married guy? Yes. Let's say when you and your wife were still not married, if you'd gone to your priest, um, your local Catholic priest, and said, hey, Father, uh, we're going to get married one of these days where we expect to. But uh, we want to live together for a few years and see how it works out. Would you mind giving your blessing? Could the church give its blessing to us just living together? What would your priest have said? No. And why? Because it's not a marriage. It's not, it's not a sacrament. Well, because you're not supposed not. to be having sex outside of marriage, right? Right. Okay. So what's the difference between your priest saying no to you, saying we ca I can't give my blessing to you and your now wife living together when you were still single? He would have said no. So why is it then when homosexuals go to the Catholic Church and they say, we would like you to bless our relationship of living together and presumably, although I'm not going to inquire, having sex, why would the Catholic Church see it not as the same thing, endorsing sin, by saying, we're going to bless you living together. They didn't say, we're going to bless each member in that relationship. They're blessing the relationship, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's... Does correct. your priest bless I... any of the sinful... Th I mean, I know, look, I'm a sinner too, all right? I, we're all imperfect, we're all fallen, and we all ask for forgiveness for our sins. But is there any other sin that your local Catholic Church will endorse? No. Then why should they do it this time? Well, and, and I guess I uh, hadn't heard the details of what the Pope had said. Well, they're, they're real clear about it. In fact, um, what they've said is they said he issued guidance today that allows priests to bless same-sex couples, right? And they say as long as they don't conflate the blessing with the ritual of marriage that they're going to bless it. And I know that there are people out there, Tom, I expect, and I, because I hear from people all the time, who say, why is this any of your business? And the reason I would say it's my business, number one, I can have an opinion on anything I want, and I can give voice to that opinion because I still live in a country where at least theoretically the government can't take away my right to free speech, although Joe Biden is working hard to do that. But when when a powerful institution like the Catholic Church that represents 1.3 billion people on planet Earth, although a declining number of Americans and Western Europeans, but when I see them come out and say, we're going to do this, they have tremendous pull, would you agree, when, when it comes yes. to government? And when the Catholic Church says this is now okay, 
that a lot of governments take that as, oh, the Catholic Church has endorsed it, it must be okay. Right? Right. I, and I guess I just refuse, I, and again, I haven't read the official statement, I just refuse to believe that the Catholic Church is uh, endorsing same-sex couples. But They are. And in fact, let me tell you, there's a guy named James J. Martin, who's uh, the editor of a magazine called America. It's a Catholic magazine. And he says it's a huge step forward for LGBTQ Catholics. He says, quote, the church recognizes the deep desire in many Catholic same-sex couples for God's presence and help in their committed relationships. And he told the Associated Press, along with many Catholic priests, I will now be delighted to bless my friends in same-sex marriages, which the Catholic Church actually stopped short of doing that. But they said, we will bless the relationship between these two men or these two women. And, and it sounds like, and it'd be interesting to ask your church, are you now going to bless the you know, two unmarried men living together and having sex or two unmarried women living together and having sex, but you would not do the same for two unmarried heterosexuals living together? I guess I, I guess what I would say is um, needing to learn more about it. I think uh, I don't I don't believe that the Catholic Church should be blessing um, any sin or endorsing any sin or blessing a relationship that's not uh, in alignment with the Catholic teaching and the natural order. Ha having said that, I I do think that the Catholics. And, and all Christians need to embrace people, and I think there's been a lot of hurt. Em embrace people, but, but Tom, there's the key. There, right. Is there a difference between embracing a person? I mean, all the way back to the beginning of AIDS, I covered AIDS way back in the day in the early 80s, and the Catholic Church said, look, we don't agree with the behavior that produces most of the cases of AIDS, which is still uh, homosexual relationships, but we're, we'll, embra we'll embrace the individual. You know, we're not going to hate this individual. We may hate what he did. We may say what he did is sinful and wrong and abomination, but we're not going to throw the individual out. But endorsing the relationship, this is a, a whole new page for the Catholic Church. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. The Lars Larson Show. Senator John Kennedy gets it. Mr. President, you just got to try harder not to suck. Well said, Mr. Kennedy. We agree. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm always glad to get to your phone calls and emails. Elections are coming up, and you probably think I'm talking about November of 2024. But no, I'm talking about elections coming up in Hong Kong and in Taiwan. And the question is, what will the Chinese communists on the mainland say about that? Well, to get a really intelligent point of view on it. Miles, you joins me now, senior fellow and director of the China Center at the Hudson Institute. And I have to disclose, Miles, my dog in the fight. I like Taiwan. I was born there. I think it's a great country. Uh, Hong Kong, I've never been to, but it was a great place until the Chinese communists took over. What What's the mainland and what is Beijing going to do with these elections coming up? And are they going to keep their, uh, you know, stick to, stick to their lane? 
Okay, thank you, uh, uh, Lars, uh, for having me on your show again. Sure. The, the, uh, the uh, election in Hong Kong was a sham. Uh, the election that's coming up in Taiwan in January is actually uh, of great importance. Let me just say the, the reason the election in Hong Kong was it took place uh, several, a uh, couple of weeks ago. Thank it was you basically for that. the local district council. Uh, this was one that uh, the pro-democracy candidates won over 81% of all, all seats in 2019. And that's because even though the, uh, this council membership actually is not really that important, it's just consultative. But 95% of, of, of them were directly elected. So this direct election actually excited the people in Hong Kong. That's why they participated. After the 2019 election, the Chinese Communist Party was shocked. So they enacted this national security law. And to change the 95% direct election to 20%. Uh, and then even that, uh, the national security law for Hong Kong disqualify every pro-democracy candidate. So that's why it's a sham. So the election, the, yeah, the election that took place a, a couple of weeks ago uh, was the same kind of election. No pro-democracy candidate is, was even allowed to, to participate. And people in Hong Kong show no interest in their own. The participation rate is about 27%, very, very low. So, uh, so that's why the why the why in Taiwan that's coming up is actually there uh, every four years of the presidential election. So uh, that's one actually is very very important because uh, you have basically the incumbency, uh, the DPP party, the Democratic Progressive Party, and and also you have the T, uh, KMT party. That's the more sort of you know a men and friendly party. They want to have. Uh, they don't want to alienate China, but then as if we you know, if you're nicer to China, China will let, uh, be a nicer person to you. So that's basically is not going to happen. So this, well, is, this is a really, really important. Miles, uh, you know, Hong Kong and Taiwan are a bit different because Hong Kong is property handed back to the mainland and they were promised autonomy. Uh, the Chinese communists reneged on that deal. Taiwan's different because it is its own separate country, even though the mainland doesn't recognize that. To what extent do, uh, do the folks in Beijing have the ability to mess with the Taiwanese election? Well, that's basically the very interesting thing. Taiwan is much harder for China to, to conquer, so they realize that. So about uh, several decades ago, they came up with this, uh, this, uh, this formula called a one country, two systems. That is, uh, you know, uh, if Taiwan and Hong Kong all go back to China, and then China, Chinese Communist Party would allow uh, huh. Taiwanese people or Hong Kongese people to keep their, their uh, capitalist way of uh, lifestyle. That's a promise. That promise. So they use Hong Kong as a kind of example to show to Taiwanese this actually is going to work. And of course, that promise was just totally uh, uh, BS, and because that formula failed completely in Hong Kong, so there was no inspirational, exemplary power whatsoever left for Taiwanese. You're absolutely right. Taiwan is not like Hong Kong. Uh, Taiwan has, for all practical purposes, has its uh, uh, sovereignty and has independence. Uh, no foreign country has ruled Taiwan since 1945, and no Chinese Communist Party. Uh, apparatus has ever ruled Taiwan uh, for one second, so since 1949. So that's why uh, it's very important for Taiwanese people to decide their own future, their own fate through elections, through ballot box. I'm talking to Miles Yu, who's a senior fellow and director of the China Center at the Hudson Institute. So 
given what the mainland did to Hong Kong, they couldn't resist. And tell me if I'm wrong in reading it this way. They said, we promise we'll give you, you know, autonomy uh, to run your own affairs uh, for 50 years. They reneged about halfway through that deal, as I recall the numbers. Um, so given that, when Taiwan sees that's the way one country, you know, two systems works out, why would anybody in Taiwan buy off on a, on the same kind of promise from the mainland as to how they would treat Taiwan when they completely screwed screwed Hong Kong over in that deal? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the answer is that uh, very few people, if anybody in, in in Taiwan, would really believe that kind of China's promise, and China has no credibility on that. The issue right now is. Uh, uh, is not about uh, whether Taiwan should go back to China or not. The, the issue right now in the election is about uh, war or peace. So basically, China has put a lot of pressure on Taiwanese voters. Say, if you uh, really do not uh, uh, to be to be annexed by me, and I'm going to have a war with you. So that's why a, a large uh, portion of the establishment say, you know what, let's just not antagonize China unnecessarily. Uh, so that's one part of the argument. Another part of the argument is that, well, you know, it's really not Taiwanese people uh, who are who are nasty toward mainland China. It's China has the imperial ambition to conquer Taiwan, uh, which is not even even belong to mainland China. So that's why there is an issue. The U.S. basically doesn't get involved in this argument election, but United States has pledged our uh, uh, our military intervention if China does invade Taiwan. So that's why. Uh, President Biden actually extracted something from Xi Jinping in San Francisco conference. Uh, Xi Jinping, I don't have any plan. But you know, never know. Because even if he does have a plan, he would not have told, told Well, and are they Biden. trying to play the long game by the, Chi the mainland Chinese, Be Beijing, is saying to Taiwan, why don't you elect the party that's that's allowing more of a go-along and get-along attitude instead of a belligerent attitude toward mainland China? They're just playing the long game, saying if, if we can get them to kind of slide our direction a little bit, then eventually we'll win this thing without a war. Is that what they're trying to do? That was their thinking all along. They said, well, because this really is about the two political systems, a communist system and a capitalist system, and a communist system would ultimately win, and that didn't happen. So now, as a matter of fact, with the passage of time, Taiwan is becoming more and more free and more and more democratic and more and more economically powerful. That's basically, you know, uh, uh, make China very, very sort of uh, freaking out. And that's why they want to do it sooner rather than later. On the other hand, uh, in recent years, uh, Taiwan, is, yes, is important for the Chinese Communist Party, but uh, China has a much larger agenda. Uh, that, that is that China wants to have a global dominance. So... Uh, if the Taiwanese uh, invasion of Taiwan would serve that global agenda, China would do it. But right now, because Taiwan is so popular, doing all the things globally, is it got a lot of support not only from the United States but also European democracies. You look at the French, the Germans, the, the British, and the Lithuanians. Everybody loves Taiwan, so that's why uh, if a military intervention on on Taiwan. Uh, aggression on Taiwan, I think China has to consider the global repercussion, sanctions and uh, embargo and many other possible uh, outcomes of that. So that's why uh, China is hesitant right now. And our job is to increase that China's strategic hesitancy uh, by doing all the right things to prevent that well, from happening. Miles, I know you can't say this, but I'll say it. I know how to make, their, make them more hesitant. 
Americans can elect Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden, who seems to be willing to go along with anything China wants to do uh, and, and basically sell us out on our energy future and our military as we head up to a possible confrontation with China. Miles, thanks very much. That's Miles Yu, who's at the China Center at the Hudson Institute. Plan to get your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. Send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And, of course, you can always vote in our Twitter poll. You'll find it at Lars Larson Show. And your listening to the Radio Northwest Network. We've all heard that. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you, your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. A reminder, you are in control. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. This is the Lars Larson Show. Well, Kamala got run over by a reindeer Coming home from Nancy Pelosi's Y'all might see a fearless female leader but all I see is a typical drag queen She was at a Christmas party With Michelle Obama and Bill Gates When Paul Pelosi served her eggnog She was back out on the streets like 98 She was wobbling on the sidewalk Donner and Blitzen coming fast they plowed right through her like a freight train and put her on her big self-righteous ass. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. That's our friend Buddy Brown from the great state of Mississippi. And this is a Monday on the Lars Larson Show. Glad to have you join me on the Radio Northwest Network and always glad to get your phone calls and your emails. Our Twitter poll question today, and this one should be getting a lot more coverage than it is. But a young lady by the name of Jessica Bates, a Christian mother of five, wants to adopt two kids out of foster care in Oregon. And she has been denied. Her application was refused because the state of Oregon said, you either endorse LGBTQ beliefs or you are not going to be allowed to adopt those children. So she's taken her case to court. She says that if she were to do that, she would be it would be a violation of her First Amendment free speech and freedom of religion protections, and I would agree with her. So 
Should Christians who won't endorse LGBTQ be forbidden to be foster parents? I'd say no to that question. You can answer it any way you like. You'll find the question at Lars Larson Show and at LarsLarson.com. Brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at UltimateTruckService.com. Now, on First Amendment Friday, the question was, should the government threaten people who use gasoline-powered leaf blowers and other lawn equipment that's powered by gas and diesel with jail time. And if you say, Lawrence, that's crazy, I say, no, it's not just crazy. It's a bill introduced by a Democrat representative from Kirkland who says she wants to make it a criminal offense for people to use any kind of uh, yard equipment that is powered by gasoline and diesel, not just leaf blowers but string trimmers and the whole nine yards, I said no to the idea. So did 95% of you. Only 5% of you agreed with the Democrat Dimwood from Kirkland. Now, to your calls. Let's start with Anna in Redmond. Anna, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Thank you, Lars. I was listening carefully to your commentary regarding Arnold's latest business that he put out an edict on, and I was listening to your comments about First of all, how Catholics have fled the church, I agree that that has happened. I see two causes. I see the pedophile priest as a huge problem of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I also see the unbroken stance on pro-life. Even Catholics are walking away from that because they they don't apply that spiritual truth to themselves. So I think... He is, I think he's fomenting a bigger schism or schism, however it's pronounced, than ever before, because I am appalled um, as a mother, as a grandmother, uh, carefully watching our children and watching the cultural rot that's keeping in, to have a prelate endorse anything that is counter to the Word of God, which it is if you read Romans 1. Yep. It sure is. And, and by the way, Anna, but, but the only reason I can see them doing it, and, and again, I'll, I'll pre-answer the question, the criticism. People say, it's none of your business, Lars. You're not a Catholic. I said, it is my business because I can have an opinion even if I don't have a direct connection to that religion. And number two, the Catholic Church is such a gigantic power on planet Earth. It has a great deal of wealth, which I don't think it should have, but, the, but there's that. Uh, and they they weigh they have a lot of influence on the governments of man. So if you say if that influential body decides to start doing things because it wants to make itself more popular, mostly in Western you know Western Europe and the United States, I, I can't believe that the that point of view is popular in much of South America or other places where the Catholic Church oh. is. But they want to do what's well, what's right. politically correct, whether it makes sense or not. That's where I think you and I may, well, I partly agree and partly disagree. I don't think it's politically wise for him to do this because it's counter to the Word of God. I am a practicing Catholic. I know my Old Testament. I know my New Testament. And I don't get into the wealth or the not wealth. I know a little bit more about that. I find that, I find the statements like that are all, I'm always encountered by that. I'm tired of the debate in society about how good or how bad. The Word of God is true. It's inerrant. Yeah, so what happens when the Catholic Church says we will endorse something that is 
definitively a sinful activity, but we're going to give it our endorsement straight from the Pope. And what I, in the world does that do to I'm the institution? I believe that's the beginning of a huge schism. I've read where the Methodist Church has lost 261, the Episcopalian churches have lost on this issue. I don't think it's a winning ploy, if you will. I don't care how many times you sit with your conscience, you cannot argue with the Word of God. And, and on that, you and I absolutely agree. Anna, thanks for the call from Redmond. You're listening to the Radio Northwest Network, brought to you by NickShivers.com. The Lars Larson Show. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Quiet, ladies and gentlemen. You ready for the big solo? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Lars. This is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Lars. No. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show, and welcome back to the Radio Northwest Network. Soon, in just a couple of weeks, to celebrate 24 years of at least attempting on my behalf to serve the Pacific Northwest states, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. And your calls are always welcome at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Naysayers go to the head of the line. We'll take your emails, talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our Twitter poll, and you'll find that question every single day, a brand new one at Lars Larson Show on X uh, or on our website at LarsLarson.com. Should Christians who don't endorse LGBTQ plus be forbidden to be foster parents? The state of Oregon's trying to do that to one young lady. She's taking them to court, and I only hope that she wins. Now, gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the program our friend Todd Myers. Todd, Merry Christmas. Todd is the Environmental Director of the Washington Policy Center. Glad to have you back, sir. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Now, I have to be careful, Todd, because last week I went back and re-looked up the details because we're talking about bans, like a natural gas ban or, you know, uh, incandescent light bans. And I have to, you know, the sneaky sons of guns in both Olympia, Salem, and in Washington, D.C., will say, well, but that's not actually a ban. We didn't actually say you can't have incandescent light bulbs. We only said you can have all the incandescent light bulbs you want as long as they produce 45 lumens per watt. And you say, well, are there any that do that? And they say, nope, you can't, you can't build an incandescent light bulb that meets the standard. Well, that's a ban. No, we didn't ban it. 
And the same thing with natural gas. Is that not true? That the state of Washington, the building code council, hasn't actually banned natural gas. They've only said you have to have a, a heating appliance that meets these standards. Well, are there any natural gas or propane furnaces that meet those standards? Nope, there aren't. But we haven't banned them. Is, is that a fair distinction? It is, and there's, a, there's actually a tell because initially the Washington State Building Code Council actually did pass a rule that would have banned um, natural gas heating, um, and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the uh, Federal Circuit, um, ruled that a similar ban in Berkeley, California, was illegal because it was preempted by federal law. And so the new rule um, replaces that one because they were worried that it would have the same legal problems that the one in Berkeley did. So it's not surprising that they have come up with a rule that doesn't technically ban it, but does make it essentially impossible to have um, natural gas hookups for new residential homes. So they've made it very clear initially what they wanted to do. They just found a different way to do it, given the legal problems that they faced. It may be legal and technically right. Is it transparent to the citizens that allegedly are served by the Washington State Building Code Council to have them say, we didn't ban anything. We just said you have to meet certain standards. And everybody's eyes glaze over when they hear about standards and they say, oh, they just changed the standards. Yeah, they changed. It'd be like saying you can have Todd, you can buy any gasoline powered car you want as long as it gets 150 miles to the gallon. And you say, well, is there such a thing? Nope. And there isn't going to be such a thing, but you can buy all the gas-powered cars you want. That's probably how they're going to go after gasoline cars as well, isn't it? Well, and in fact, they're being intentionally uh, non-transparent because um, one of the things that they are required to do is to do a cost-benefit analysis and then also do a small business economic impact statement under state law to say, okay, what is the impact of these new rules? And in fact, they did both of those um, that not, uh, badly and didn't, aren't compliant with the law. In fact, they left out whole parts of the small business economic impact statement because they couldn't be bothered to do it, and they actually don't want people to see the results of those things. And the last thing is, is that the the ban is justified by uh, you know because they claim it reduces CO two emissions. But Washington State already has, for better or for worse, I have prob I certainly have a lot of problems with our CO2 cap, but we have a cap. So adding regulations under that cap does nothing to add to the cap. It, it just says, we want you to comply with this, but we want you to comply with it in this very expensive way. It doesn't add any environmental benefit by their own standards. It just adds cost. Now, Todd, I've got a friend who used to tell me, Lars, everything is easy as long as you don't have to do it. But let me ask you, would it be possible for Washington policy to come up with at least a thumbnail uh, estimate of what this, what this is going to be? If you tell everybody in the state of Washington that on all new construction, you have to do it this way, and I assume that at some point they're going to say, oh, and by the way, you have to retrofit existing, at some point they'll push for that. I think you'd agree with that notion, that that if you do that, this is what the economic impact will be. You think there's a way to do that, even though it wouldn't have the imperture of the state of Washington, at least you could say, well, they won't comply with the law and provide that economic analysis, but we're going to do it, and if they think we're wrong, they can say so, in much the same way that you estimated what the uh, carbon tax would do to gasoline, and your estimate was a whole heck of a lot closer to the final result than the folks at Department of Ecology. 
Yeah, and, and a number of folks have done that. The Building Industry Association of Washington has given an, uh, an estimate for what it would cost to comply. In fact, the proponents um, admit that it costs more than the benefits, and that's even after you count the value of CO2 reductions. As I've said, you don't actually get any CO2 reductions, so you shouldn't be counting that value in the first place. So both proponents and opponents of the new rules admit that it costs more than the benefits that you get. And so, you know, this is thousands and thousands of dollars um, on top of the construction of a new home. And I, you know, in Portland, or in, I should say in Oregon and Washington State, we aren't suffering from too many houses. <laughs> and we aren't no. suffering from houses that are too inexpensive. Co- uh, houses cost too much. There are too few houses. We need to increase production. Um, but rules like these, which add nothing to the in- environmental benefit, add make housing more expensive. Um, I think that's the real frustration is is that it's, this is done in an underhanded way um, and needlessly. Well, and at the end of the day, if they force everybody to go to electric heat pumps, aren't we already seeing a minor revolt in Europe where they've pushed to it five, six years or ten years ahead of us, and their, and their population is in revolt right now yeah. saying this stuff doesn't work? Yeah, in the UK, um, you, you actually saw the conservative government, who had been pushing a lot of this stuff, pull back pretty dramatically on some of their targets because the costs were so high. So you are starting to see that other places where they have already pushed ahead of us. But, you know, the fact is, is that um, Governor Inslee likes to claim he's a leader. And so whether things work or not, whether things pay off or not, he will do them if he can claim that he's a leader. And he's going to keep us out there on the bleeding edge of new technology, which uh, I don't buy bleeding edge for a very good reason. Todd, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And for all the things you do for this program, I appreciate your work at the Washington Policy Center. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and yours. Likewise, it's, it's always nice to talk with you as well, Lars. Thank you, sir. That's Todd Myers. Glad to have you with me and always glad to take your phone calls and your emails at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Should wokeness destroy a national monument at Arlington National Cemetery? We'll get to that and your phone calls and a few emails as well. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. 
Senator John Kennedy on the Washington establishment. The Washington establishment is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up whatever happened. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. I want to bring you up to date on where we stand. There is a memorial at Arlington National Cemetery. It is a memorial to Confederate soldiers. And if you say, well, why do we have a memorial like that? Well, because there are Confederate soldiers who are buried at Arlington, along with soldiers who have died in the line of duty of their country uh, for the last 150 years or so. Uh, but they, there were both Union and Confederate soldiers buried there. There is, in fact, an entire section of Arlington that is set aside for the graves of Confederate soldiers. And there's been an effort. In fact, they had moved the equipment into place to begin the dismantling of that memorial today. Thank God a judge has issued an order saying we're going to put that on hold for right now until we hear this issue in court. Let me get to the other details of that in just a moment. But I'm really curious uh, to take this naysayer, and we always put naysayers first. Hey, JC, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Uh, yes, Lars. Uh, thank you for always taking my call. Hey, um, um, I know you've heard probably Trump's speeches probably the last couple of months, but the one of the key things of this speech is um, – the phrase that he's bringing up is that the uh, illegals that are crossing are poisoning the blood of our country. I mean, w what do you have to say about that? I mean, now, hold on. Did he actually that? use that phrase? <laughs> yes, and, he has. Yeah. Okay, but in yeah. what con in what context? Because to a large extent, I would agree with him. And it's not about genetics. It's about the fact that when people come into our country illegally, criminally, uh, and then they want to work illegally violating the law, criminals, uh, and then they want to do other things and they disproportionately get involved in violent crime against Americans, I think that does poison our society. Would you agree? Well, yes, I totally agree with you, but, but he's advocating for these illegals to have sex pretty much with um, either the, probably the natives that were here way before the white people, right? Well, hold the on. He's, he's advocating for illegal aliens to have sex with who? Well, how else would you poison the blood, Lars? Well, there are a lot of ways, depending on how you take the metaphor. Exactly, because, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. How did he mean it? He meant it in a de derogatory way. He did. Well, I, I would be derogatory you, toward you, people. You agree, coming. Right? Hold you on. Let me finish, JC. Okay. I let you finish. Okay. I would agree. Uh, I don't have any problem with being. I don't have any problem done. with being derogatory toward people who invade our country, break our laws, work illegally, and then at this point are being greeted, thanks to Joe Biden, with a welcome that says, "Hey, you're here. Here's several thousand dollars to get you started. Here's an airplane ticket or a bus ticket anywhere you want to go in America." Do you think I have any problem being derogatory toward that group? Uh, Lars, how many illegals do you know? And, and anybody listening, how many do I know? None do? that I know yeah, of, because... Exactly, exactly. They're not here illegally, Lars. They're, they've been here with their proper paperwork, Lars. No, no, JC, JC, are you telling me, are you telling me that when Border Patrol says we've had around 9 million people illegally cross into America, that there aren't they any are here? Back. They are captured and given back. To Mexico, and then no, they they're not. Mexico for, yes, they, oh, Lars, come on, Lars. Hold on, I know Jer JC. Guy, I know can you fun. tell me then what is Eric Adams complaining How many about? How you know, Lars? 
And how many? It's not about who I know, JC. It's not even about who you know. But when the mayor of New York City says our country is being flooded, we, he calls them migrants. I don't consider them migrants. But uh, but when he says his his city is being flooded with migrants that are costing the city billions of dollars, and you just want to say, well, if I don't know one and you don't know one, then they must not be here at all. JC, that's that's ignoring reality. Let's go to Jerry. Hey, Jerry, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? You want to talk about the Confederate monument? Yes, uh, Lars. When I was in the Army uh, during the bicentennial, I was assigned as a guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Wow, that's and, quite an honor. Well, thank you. Thank you. One of the things that I learned while there was that Arlington came about uh General Lee's family owned that property, and at the time when it was time to pay taxes, you had to do it in person. And they, the woman that, uh, the widow, I guess, that uh, was left, couldn't pay the taxes in person. So a guy, Quartermaster General Miggs, foreclosed on the property, and they turned it into a cemetery, and as the ultimate insult, it was to bury Union soldiers on. And uh, that's kind of how Arlington came into existence. So you kind of hate to see that Confederate mm, memorial. Well, I, 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 can I, I hate to throw facts in the way of a really good story, but, Jerry, I've learned over the years that when a story sounds too good to be true, it's like deals. Arlington Cemetery is built on plantation land that was belong, belonged to George Washington Park Custis. Custis was the grandson of Martha Washington and the step-grandson of President George Washington. So that detail is wrong. I do know that Miggs, and it was Brigadier General Montgomery Miggs, who was the quartermaster of the U.S. Army, he was asked, what should we do with these bodies? Um, and they took bodies within 35 miles of Washington, D.C., and they, they knew that they were bodies of both Confederate and Union soldiers, and they were buried there. In fact, to this day, they don't know for sure which bodies were buried in, in, in which places uh, that were Union or Confederate. And so they just buried them there because they had to have a place to bury those people and, and do do right by, by them because you don't take a dead body and just treat it like trash. You, you bury it there. So they're buried at Arlington. Since then... There have been other Confederate soldier bodies buried at Arlington, and there's an entire section. But would you agree that if there was a monument, and it was put up about 110 years ago, it was the early 1900s, they put up the, mo the monument, not to any one of the Confederate leaders, but to the Confederate soldiers who died uh, during the Civil War. Is there any reason to object to having a memorial there to the Confederate soldiers who died? No. No, and Custis married a Lee, though. So the house there is the Custis Lee Mansion. It's on oh, the okay. top of the hill. So that that's where over. the connection comes in. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Fair correction. Yes. So, so yes. then what should we say to these people who say we have to tear this thing down? Uh, well, <laughs> I would say uh, no, we don't. That that's a memorial to they're all Americans. Uh, we had different points of view, yep. but uh, that we're all Americans, and that's to remember our history that seems to be trying to be destroyed. 
and they want to they want to reject that history. Jerry, thanks a lot. I got about a minute before the break. Larry, what's on your mind today? Make it quick. Uh, hi, I was calling in response to that JC's comments on yeah. Trump. Yeah, I watched the rally, and he he was not being derogatory towards anyone. I watched the mainstream media this morning, and they chopped it up so bad to make their narrative. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near what President Trump was saying. Yeah, I, I can read so. the whole quote. It's they let, I think the real number is 15 or 16 million, not the nine I've been quoting. When they do that, we've got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the gut, the blood of our country, is what Trump said at that rally in New Hampshire. And that's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just in the three or four countries we think of. Larry, I appreciate the call. You've got the Lars Larson Show. And the, the Lars Larson Show. Portland. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you and always a pleasure to welcome back Bob Woodson because Bob is such an impressive character. I mean, we've been talking to Bob for years, but I, I just looked up his bio again to refresh my memory. A man who uh, dropped out of high school at 17 to join the United States Air Force. And this was, I'm an old guy, but he dropped out to join the Air Force in 1954, which is a long time ago, and he's still going strong. Civil rights veteran, urban community development leader, author and founder and president of the Woodson Center. And, of course, along with the new project, 1776 Unites. Uh, Bob, welcome back. I'm pleased to be back, Mark. Please be back. Merry Christmas to you and yours. And, by the way, congrats on the success you. of your new book, Red, White, and Black. Yeah, we developed, as you know, curriculum from it, and we're now up to 130,000 downloads in all 50 states. So uh, maybe school systems have adopted it. Well, so maybe if if people wanted an individual project they could take on, they could say, "Hey, uh, go to your local school board and say, why don't you consider the curriculum of Red, White, and Black: Rescuing American History from Revisionists and Race Hustlers, <laughs> written by Bob Woodson." Everybody listening could go to their school board meeting and say, "Any reason not to adopt this as a counterpoint to some of the nonsense that's getting shoveled out in public schools right now?" Right. Well, it's been well received uh, in some surprising places, but I, as someone said, and, and unless you. Uh, honor or truth, then lies become normal. That's absolutely that's the case. In our schools today, Bob, I want to ask you about something in terms of current issues right now. You, you and I have talked before about Black Lives Matter (BLM). Why in the world is BLM in America so pro-Hamas terrorism and anti-Israel? Do you have an insight on that? Anybody, any, any anything that is anti-American. Black Lives Matter stands for they're Marxist. So any opportunity they get, particularly to, to draw parallels between the, the the plight of blacks in America and American so-called systemic racism. So any opportunity they get to 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 and express an anti-American sentiment, they take they take advantage of it. Uh, and, and so that's what's going on here. And it's part of the misappropriation of the civil rights legacy that has been long practiced by Black Lives Matter. 
Um, no, it doesn't. And does, they, they call America a uh, systemically racist, of course, and a colonizer nation. And they throw Israel into that same into that same category. And, and it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if anything, the Jewish people have had a claim on that piece of property for on that uh, that part of the world for at least the last four thousand years or so. I know so because I read it in the book. And also ignores the, the, the rich tradition of cooperation and partnership between the Jewish community and the black community, um, you know, in, even before the civil rights movement. And I point this out in my recent column in Newsweek, uh, Black Lives Matter Does Not Speak for Black America. Julius Rosenwald, uh, the Jewish CEO of Sears, spent many uh, years partnering with Booker T. Washington and together they built 5,000 schools that educated successfully 700,000 young blacks throughout the South uh, starting at the turn of the century um, when he was asked to support YMCA's in Chicago. He only did it on the condition that, that they would invest in black YMCA's to help blacks that were migrating from the South to the North. Uh, to leave segregation, and he is responsible for the proliferation of of uh, YMCA, black YMCA's throughout the North. And so there's it's just a rich legacy of uh, and, and experience of cooperation between the Jewish community and uh, and uh, Julius and the black community. People like Maya, Maya Angelou uh, received support from. Uh, Julius Rosenwald, John Lewis, Congressman, former Congressman, uh, late John Lewis, attended a Rosenwald school. As a result of his investment, the education gap between 1920 and 1940 in the South closed from three years to six months. All of these successes were attributed to the partnership with the Jewish community. So for Black Lives Matter to discourage or disparage that relationship is ridiculous. I'm talking to Bob Woodson. He's the author most recently of Red, White, and Black. You should check out the book. He's with the 1776 Unites Project, and, of course, he's president of the Woodson Center. So is BLM just trying to poison that entire relationship? And if so, what's, what's the end game to poisoning something that, as you point out, actually has produced some concrete results? You got to understand that when you go through, I spend a lot of times in low-income black neighborhoods, and you never see Black Lives Matter flags in those neighborhoods. You see them mostly in guilty white communities in front of their churches and whatnot. So uh, Black Lives Matter has no no standing in the black community. You know, it's uh, white progressives uh, enjoy being a part. I saw something, Lark, that, that really blew my mind some years ago. A white woman uh, with a Black Lives Matter T-shirt on was beating a black woman who was in a Trump parade on Pennsylvania Avenue who was pushing a toddler in a stroller. That, that's how length that they have gone to, to uh, of expressing outrage that they are, they, they are the spokesperson for black America. Black Lives Matter, again, it's... It's outrageous what they're doing, and no one should take them seriously. I'm talking to Bob Woodson, but Bob, tell me how you think this is going to play out in the presidential election year we've got ahead of us. Less than 12 months from now, we're going to have an election, and black voters have always been used and I think abused by the Democrat Party. 
Now you've got a president who's got a long history of racism. His own vice president has called him out as a racist. And yet they're, they're going to try and use black voters one more time. How do we push back against that? Well, I think, as I have said a long time ago, black America has no permanent friends or permanent enemies or permanent issues. And you're seeing that. And, in fact, if you're seeing a break with the Democratic Party when DeSantis in 2018 ran for the governorship against Gillum, the, I think, the oh Tampa mayor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he won only by 34,000 votes, and that's because 100,000 black, low-income blacks uh, uh, split their ticket and voted for DeSantis because of his position on choice and education. Even though DeSantis, uh, his opponent, black opponent, Gillum, um, had President Obama and Oprah Winfrey come to Florida and campaign for him. So low-income 100,000 low-income blacks demonstrated their independence and willingness to vote on the issues when they voted for DeSantis against Oprah Winfrey and Obama. So I think that, that that's, that's an indication of a trend towards more independent voting in the black community. Well, let's hope so. And Gillum, at the end of the day, turned out to be a major league train wreck, didn't he? <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Bob, congratulations on the success of Red, White, and Black, rescuing American history from revisionists and race hustlers, and, of course, for your leadership of the Woodson Center and the 1776 Unites Project. And I mean that seriously, Bob. A lot of people will call the show and they'll say, okay, you've got these problems, you've talked about them, what should I do? I said, if you, if you download Bob Woodson's curriculum, take it to your local school board meeting and say, during the public comment time, there's usually one of those, say, is there any way we can put this curriculum in front of some of the kids? And if not, you tell us why not. Bob, Merry Christmas to you and yours, and thanks for all the work you've done in 87 years, and thanks for your service in the United States Air Force. Back in a moment, glad to get your calls, 866-HEY-LARS. Send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And you're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. you've heard i'm on the phone today with david moore from ira advantage david for more than 15 years i've been telling my listeners about self-directed iras but how do you explain them to your customers well lars through our working careers we accumulate savings in our 401k flats so rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed ira with a self-directed ira your retirement portfolio can include real estate precious metals cryptocurrency notes loans and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.
Lots of folks worry about their firearms, but Lars doesn't have to worry about Biden taking his guns. He stores them upstairs. This is the Lars Larson Show. Big iron on his Have yourself a crusty little Christmas. Show honesty you lack. A chance to stab Trump in the back Chris Christie is a hypocrite He's so full of it, no doubt Polling underneath 5% president he should drop out Chris Christie is nothing but a blowhard and quite overweight Chris thinks Jersey is the Olive Garden Lars Larson Show. That's our great uh, parody guy, the Mr. Jim Gossett guy. And glad to have you with me. Our Twitter poll or X poll today. Should Christians who don't endorse LGBTQ be forbidden to be foster parents? That is the position of the state of Oregon, which told Jessica Bates, a single mother of five kids, she is suing the state of Oregon because the state told her, if you want to adopt those two kids as your own, from foster care, which is something we need more people adopting kids from foster care. You must support LGBTQ plus beliefs. If you do not, uh, you are not allowed to adopt those children. So, I mean, I would think that the uh, first year in law school, uh, a first year law school student could probably tell you that's going to violate the First Amendment and leave a mark. Well, she's going to court on it. Should Christians who don't endorse LGBTQ plus be forbidden to be foster parents? I'd answer no. You can vote any way you like at Lars Larson Show on X or Twitter. You can also do it on our website at LarsLarson.com. Brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at UltimateTruckService.com. Uh, I talked at the beginning of the program about the fact that the Catholic Church, under this crazy new Marxist pope that they've got, not all that new, but he's decided that he will endorse same-sex couples, not same-sex marriage. They want to make that distinction, uh, but they will endorse the Catholic Church will now bless same-sex couples, and that one made no sense to me, and I told you why. Let's go to Chris, who's listening in Rich uh, Richland on AM610 KONA. Hey, Chris, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks, Lars. Well, um, kind of a sad day, a little disappointed today. Um, the first bit of the news I heard was from you. So I reached out to, to my priest to, to see what he knew, and he can't take a meeting because he's already got a list of people who want to talk to him. Oh, boy. Um, I just, it, it really seems, I hate to say it, um, uh, like you said, uh, I'll, I'll put it in a nutshell, it seems like the church has, has sold out, sold out for money, for, 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 for uh, you know, attendance, for um, a bigger church. Um, and that's, that's hard to swallow to even, you know, think like that because that also will send you down to thinking like, well, geez, 
if they sold out the church for money, is that any different than worshiping or you know a false idol? Nope. Um, I know it's not a golden calf, but it's the Almighty well, Buck. It, it doesn't. And Chris, as I know the book, I know people misquote it and they say money is the root of all evil. It's not. The book says the love of money. When you become yes. so concerned about piling up those Three. ones and zeros in your bank account, that's where the root of all evil is. Well, if you say, yes. I just want to have enough money to make my family comfortable, nothing wrong with that. You know, Jesus wouldn't have forgiven, wouldn't have said anything to you about doing that. But when the church begins to say, we want to be more welcoming. Look, if, if, if the Catholic Church was growing dramatically in Western Europe and the United States, they probably wouldn't be doing this if they hadn't suffered a several decades long scandal with their priests uh, abusing and, and raping and molesting children, they probably wouldn't be doing this. But I think they're doing it because they've decided we got to pick a side, so we're going to pick this side, and we have to show the, the powers that be, you know, the folks mostly on the left in America, um, almost exclusively on the left, we will be welcoming. Well, the church has always been welcoming, Chris. I told people that close to 40 years ago, I watched the Catholic Church say, okay, we got the AIDS problem. It's primarily among uh, gays and, you know, gay uh, people who get AIDS at the time. And we're, we don't like what they did, you know, the activity they were involved in that, that got them sick. But we're going to take care of the sick person. And they made the distinction. I understood that. What I don't understand is how, and you should ask your priest if you don't mind my suggesting it, say to him, if a young, straight couple came to you and said, we want to live together for a few years and make sure it's going to be okay before we get married, would your priest endorse that? Would he bless that? And I think his answer would be, no, I can't, I can't endorse sex out of marriage. Um, and yet the church is now saying, specifically saying, if two gay individuals come to the Catholic church and say, will you bless our, uh, you know, our relationship? The church is apparently saying, yep, we're going to endorse the sinful behavior of two people. And that's different than caring about individuals. And I don't I don't think your priest is going to have much of an explanation. I think the Pope has put Catholics in general, which I'm not one, but he's put Catholics in general in a real bind trying to explain how is that not the Catholic Church endorsing the very sin it used to condemn. The Lars Larson. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com.